Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up? Welcome to Tomahawk. We are back. My name is Rob Fox. I'm with Dan Holloway. This is your Atlanta Braves broadcast in the worst part of the baseball season. And I mean that more like philosophically, like in a large general sense, and also like right fucking now for us. Uh, well, no, it's been worse this year, I think. It's been, I guess, more miserable this year, yeah. but like I at least had more stamina. I'm not like, I'm, I'm still optimistic about everything about the playoffs and everything like that, but I'm just like, I'm fucking tired right now. And they appear to be tired as well. Yeah. Uh, it's been a bit of a grind lately, you know, but you, uh, the Mets, I, like I said on uh, the recap on Monday, we're just in different places right now. Like the Braves are trying to figure out what their team for the playoffs is going to look like. And the Mets are paying way too much attention to regular season success, which is kind of a Mets thing to do. Um, the Phillies are quietly one of the best teams of baseball right now. Yeah. Um, By the way, the Phillies, uh, I'm getting fucking added uh, on Twitter today from some Phillies fan who caught something I said or something. Um, I guess they, in the second half, since the All-Star break or maybe since the start of July, mm. um, like a top five fielding percentage, top five least errors in baseball. Yeah, that's interesting. I would like to see the defensive run saved as well. Right. I doubt that because they're, I mean. That's what I told the guy. I was like, yeah. yeah, you can't commit an error on a ball you don't fucking get to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not a very good fielding team. But they, are, yeah. they do have, I believe, since, uh, I, I think since the All-Star break, or I'm sorry, since June 1st, they have the second best record in baseball to the Dodgers. I think they're Suck three it. wins behind the Dodgers, yeah. <laughs> Noted baseball fan, Dan Register. Yeah, they 40 look really to good. 1. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just, I I do I well it's down to twenty seven to one now the last time I looked but I'm pretty sure that's the that's the smart bet like the best value plus the most likely yeah I love winner. that bet um but for the Braves you know it's it's that time of year they had a good game last night but great game last night yeah the the um <clears throat> starting pitching's been a bit dodgy lately um it's that time of year where you know you'll get a couple of uh, errant starts i think two out of max reed's last three starts haven't been exactly sharp uh kyle wright had a you know kind of a shitty start last time out morton i don't know what morton's deal is he either gives up no runs or seven runs yeah Um, i mean morton's the type of guy i probably said this before where it's like he's such an old pro that i i almost don't even care like you want him like i know he's good so if he has a bad start here or there, even two bad starts in a row, he need, he's going to need to have like five bad starts in a row before I start to get worried about Charlie Morton, especially yeah. because given his history in October, like he's fucked. I, I don't have, I'm not worried about him in October. No, it's certainly not. No. Um, so I'm not worried about that, but yeah, man, it, this is a, this is like the grind days and you are, you are right. The Mets and Braves are in different places. The Mets, are the bets are kind of where the Braves were a month ago, where everything was well oiled, and aside from Albies, everyone was kind of uh, hitting a peak, hitting a good stride, something like that. That's where the Mets are now. The Mets are yeah. right now; they are a well oiled machine. It's baseball, so that doesn't necessarily last for two, three, four months. Um, as Spencer Strider said, we'll get into it later. We'll see what happens in October. Um, 
But first, let's get into the Mets or uh, into the Braves rather, because uh, yeah, like like the title says, this is the fucking dog days of the season, and man, we are we are beat up real bad right now. Yeah, a lot of injuries. Um, obviously, Albies has been out for a while now, and the people that have been backing him up haven't been very good. RC has been all right. Adrian's is whatever. I mean, Arcia's had his moments, I guess you could say. I'm pretty sure that Arcia has um, like a batting average below the Mendoza line since he took over full-time duty. Oh, sick. Um, I I guess I I honestly legitimately like apparently only watch the games where he hits a home run because I'm always like, dude, Arcia's like crushing the ball. I mean, he runs into him pretty frequently, but yeah, the last 30 days he's hitting 216. So sick. That's not great. Um, Robinson Cano is gone. He was, I mean, he was never going to stick around. I, I don't know what that pickup was, but. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, Take a flyer, I guess. And they don't really have a whole lot of infield depth right now. Well, maybe they do now. We'll see. Um, but yeah, RC has been hurt. Um, Albies is out. Uh, Adrianza, I don't know. I don't know really what to expect from him. I, mean, I expect him to be, I hope he would be at this point, essentially, uh, a pinch runner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Matt Olson starts on second base in the extra innings, whatever, like just, yeah, just put fucking our, uh, Adrian's in there to, to run the, run the bases instead. Yeah, but I want to start with, cause this is one I was really interested in talking to you about, um, with Ian Anderson being, uh, demoted to triple a, not necessarily an injury, but he hasn't been right all year. And it's the type of thing where there's certain pitchers, Maybe sometimes they're lucky and a, it, they get to last like a year, year and a half before the league makes a good adjustment to them mm-hmm. and they start getting smacked around and they have to make but an adjustment But that's not back. what's happening. That's here. not what's no, happening he, at all. He's not hitting his spot. He's throwing high sinkers and high change-ups, which is like that's batting practice. Right. So you can't do that. Um, fans of the show will recall me saying for the last three goddamn months that they need to send him down to AAA and let him figure it out in games that don't mean anything. Uh, they waited until the worst possible part of the season to do it. I mean, I mean, do you think they just? Do you think they needed to wait until they until they picked up Odorizzi, or do you think they should have just traded for another starter earlier? I mean, they it? could have traded for another starter, or could they? They could have had somebody that you know didn't matter pitch those games, but you need him. Like you need he's he's shown great poise and success in the postseason. You need him to be back and ready for the for the postseason. I, I don't understand that move. I don't understand why they waited so long. There's other guys in AAA that they could have gotten, you know, innings, uh, and Noah being one of them. Like, I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to work out. He's, he's, he you know was what up. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Electric stuff was great in the first half of last year, yeah. but yeah. It seems to be more of a focus problem for that guy. Well, he did get injured punching the dugout. Yeah. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, he's, Anderson's still in the taxi squad, and he's played enough games this year to be, to make, postseason rosters no matter what yeah um he will actually anderson is still going to start a major league game this weekend mm. he because there's a double header with the marlins on saturday <laughs> so he will be pitching on the big league club yeah i thought a noah might get that but they sent him back down yeah i don't know what the i i don't know if a noah is like an emergency start i, don't, I really don't know what they're doing with that I, yeah. but it's it is what it is so what do you what's anderson going to work on at triple a uh release point like, he shouldn't care about any of the results from any pitch he throws. He needs to find his release point. 
in game situations. So what you mean is in terms of a AAA, like it doesn't matter if whoever the fuck he's pitching to knows what pitch is coming yep. and smacks it. All that matters is he's hitting the spot that the ball is supposed to go Correct, to. Correct, yes. Yeah. Yep. So he, he should go in. It's like uh, they don't really do this anymore, but the NFL used to be the first 15 plays were scripted. No right. matter what happens, I'm running these first 15 plays because that gets my guys in the groove. It establishes my offense and blah, blah, blah. That is a thing in baseball as well with pitches. Uh, sure it is, yeah. Um, but he needs to be really methodical about it. So I think he needs to, he needs to uh, you know, remember what he did well. So that this is one of the things that the Braves have actually been pretty good at is showing guys video or going back to the tape of when they were successful and here's how it goes. And he's go out on the mound and emulate that behavior. So when I'm good... I can spot this pitch in this location in this situation and go find those situations and do that, right? That's the only real way to work yourself back into something that you've worked yourself yeah. out of like that. And, uh, you know, set goals for yourself. Like, all right, I want to have uh, – I want to throw 70% first pitch strikes. I want to I want um, I want to have X amount of inside – fastballs that are strikes i want to throw my change up in these situations uh and then the thing that's really been hurting him aside from the command issue is the fact that the third time through the order he gets fucking hammered because he doesn't really have a three pitch right repertoire like he only has the fastball and the change up so part of it might be developing a slider or something like that um i think that would probably be a good idea a sharp breaking slider coming off a sinker is kind of the the standard in major league baseball for a pitcher these days, mm-hmm. right? So the sinker typically backs up, uh, runs in towards a right hander from a right handed pitcher, and they start from the same release point and uh, about forty five feet out, they look exactly the same, and then they break in whichever direction. It's like right. uh, that that's that's kind of the standard in major league baseball pitching right now. So he needs to do that uh, formulaic, and then he needs to you know. Develop that pitch and get into those third and fourth at bats for people, and you know control that environment because right now he can't. I mean, he's. I think his. I think the batting average against him uh, in the third at bat goes from like two forty to like three eighty or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. I mean, it's in, it's crazy. So you're a fucking Hall of Famer against yeah. seniors and third time through. Honestly, it's so funny like watching him specifically because. God, you know how, like, we talk about all the time, like, Austin Riley worked with Chipper Jones, and mm. Dansby Swanson did as well. They worked with Chipper Jones, and uh, they became much better hitters, essentially. Mm. Man, if there is one fucking guy that could use, like, a couple days with Leo Mazzoni, it's Anderson. And I say that, like, anybody could use time with Leo Mazzoni. But his pitch uh, arsenal, it reminds me, he's in a lot of ways, he's kind of like a right-handed Tom Glavin. Like really unimpressive physically, and like not necessarily like like what he does well is extremely <laughs> subtle, right? Yeah. It's not like Maddox where it explodes off the page, the control, or Smoltz was kind of a prototypical, pitch, you know, good pitcher, right? Like mid nineties fastball, electric slider, blah blah blah. Like the the, uh, the stuff there is obvious, but Glavin was really like humdrum, kind of like you, you didn't notice how good his stuff was. And Anderson's the same way. I would I would love. Uh, um, what snicker to pair or Rick Cranz, the pitching coach, to be like, hey, talk to uh, Leo Mazzoni for a little bit, or even talk to Tom Glavin. Yeah, you know, like I, like you need to talk to somebody who who has like similar stuff to you or whatever. Um, I mean, hopefully he works it out in AAA, but like that guy could really benefit from someone because what if Glavin didn't have a third pitch, really? 
I mean, he would throw what? I guess a curve. Well, he also threw two different. This is before the cutter was really popular. He threw two fastballs. Like he threw a 92 fastball and he threw an 88 fastball. It may not sound like much, but it's a big difference. Yeah. And he could locate both of them. I mean, that's the difference, you know. Well, and that's the problem with Anderson. <laughs> yeah. A good pitcher can locate one of their pitchers, one of their pitches. And if you're, uh, if you have overwhelming stuff like Strider, if you can just locate your fastball, you can be a really good pitcher. Uh, but if you're, Jacob DeGrom or Max Scherzer, where you have two, three pitches in your arsenal and you can locate all of them, now you're, now you're elite. You know right. what I mean? That's a difference. And there's nothing uh, stopping Ian Anderson from being elite. He just has to fucking find that because he's got the right – the sinker is good and the changeup is good and they came they the come change up, When the changeup is on, the changeup is probably good, a top-five yeah. changeup in baseball. Yeah, and it, they come out of the same arm angle. So if you can develop a slider out of that same arm angle, I mean, it also kind of – relieves a little bit of the pressure. Now you've got something that breaks in the other direction. Yeah. And it, and it like the hitter can't sit. Like if I'm, if I'm hitting against Ian Anderson, I know I'm getting one of two things. I'm getting a uh, fastball away, right? Which is going to be more or less straight. Or I'm getting sinkers that fucking start over the outside part of the plate and come back towards me or a changeup that does the same thing. Like, yeah, I can fucking figure out a way to hit that if I'm a Major League Baseball player. <laughs> right. Yeah, and the, and um, the velocity's not exactly overwhelming. No, so, I mean, this is, a, <clears throat> this is a problem that a lot of pitchers have faced over the years. And he's, like, when he was in, when he's been in big moments before they everybody had the book on him, he performed really well. So it's not a matter of, of ability or confidence or any of that. He just needs a little more... Uh, polish he, he needs more weapons okay to, to fight and that's it and he'll be a great pitcher so that's what i expect to see of him at triple a he'll probably come back up for the playoffs um he well, has one thing i love about him and i've said this on the show before he has great uh one of the reasons i think he's he's good in october even though his first october he actually pitched the whole thing in texas so not necessarily a factor as much but it showed last year too um just a great cold weather arsenal mm-hmm in terms of his pitches, like I, I just think he, like I, the the World Series game he started, it was rainy and really fucking cold, and I was like, man, this is you could not ask for a better game to put well, you throw, on the mound. If you throw sinkers and changeups, uh, you know, thick air is on your side, yeah, for sure. Um, and so is being towards the end of a season where your arm is a little looser. You know, what I mean, so yeah, it's yeah. I think he'll be fine. I don't know what how much he's going to contribute this postseason. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back with a sharper breaking pitch and, and dominated in postseason, to be honest, because he definitely has that ability. I mean, but so we'll see. they don't want... Worst-case scenario is uh, Odorizzi ends up being our fourth postseason starter. Yeah. Um, obviously, Soroka could still come back, so there's that. But, I mean, I, I think ideally we want Anderson back for mm. the postseason. Uh, next up, second base. Kind of an interesting situation now. RC is out, popped his hands, hamstring. He's probably done for the year, I would assume. They put him on the 10-day DL, but uh, Snit said they heard a pop, and yeah. that's typically not good. Yeah, I don't so, think we're going to see him. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about the MRI yet, but I would assume he popped it. Um, and now we're going to see, like, Albies isn't ready to come back yet, although he is swinging the bat now um, and, and everything. I, I think he's still probably a... a second week of September guy right now, so far as we can tell. Yeah, and depending on how Arcia's replacement does, I don't think they're going to rush him. Yeah. Uh, because now one of the Braves... Is this the Braves' top prospect? 
It is now, yeah. Okay, so the new Atlanta top prospect, uh, Vaughn Grissom. This is the guy I've been telling you about yes. recently. This is the guy who Dan has mentioned on the show and uh, talks about endlessly off the show. Uh, you have been a big Vaughn Grissom fan since before the season started. He's a he's a fucking A Rod type player. I don't. I'm I'm not saying that tongue in cheek either. I'm fucking serious. He's a big, strong kid that plays shortstop, um, but he's played second, short, and third so far this season. Um, he's his. Hit at every level, which is something you hear a lot about good prospects, but there's hit at every level, every level, and there's hit at every level. So he's had WRC plus scores of 120, 135, 196, 143, and 147. Yeah. So all of those would, except for maybe the 120, would essentially give like you Hall of Fame votes. I mean, 115 is a perennial All Star. Yeah. But uh, so far across A and AA this season, 96 games, he's got 14 home runs, 72 runs, 67 RBI, and 27 steals. He is a uh, five-tool player. He also plays extremely good infield. It's going to be interesting again in the same way it was with Arcia having a natural shortstop playing second base because with the shifts these days against right-handers, you don't lose anything by having him back behind second base. The only thing you would be potentially worried about is sort of doing the mirror image of the double play. Mm. Like that could potentially be, might take some adjustment, I guess, but well, yeah. he's played a bunch of second base this season. Yeah, I, mean, true, he's, true. They, they, I think the Braves, I, I don't know if they came into the season wanting him to do that, but it probably, uh, I'd have to look and see, but uh, I would assume when Albies went down, they were like, all right, let's get this dude some reps at second base just in case, and just yeah. in case happened. Um, he got called up about a month ago to double-A. We talked about it on the show. He's hitting 363, slash line is 363, 408, 516, and, and nine, a, a 924 fucking OPS you can deal with. Uh, similar slash line in, in single-A, so this isn't new for him. Yeah. Um, his BABIP is high, which, you know, sometimes can be an indicator that your average is a little higher than it should be, but mm-hmm. it's 363 right now. Plus, this dude's fast as fuck, so he's getting on base in some situations where you normally wouldn't expect a guy to. Um, the really interesting wrinkle, and in, like, it's going to be really cool to see him play because he'll be the third top prospect for the Braves to come up and contribute this season so far. After Harrison Strider? Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> to be honest, if Vaughn Grissom performs in the way that people expect him to, there's a good chance that the Braves don't even make a qualifying offer for a dance. Well, they'll make a qualifying offer to get the draft, the compensatory draft pick. But, right. Uh, like, I, honestly, if he come, if he shows up and has, uh, you know, good power stats, especially like the, I don't, I'm not worried about the, um, the average so much for a young guy like that. Cause he's going to adjust to breaking pitches. But if his power numbers are good, uh, I feel like they're probably going to slot him into shortstop next year and not spend a bunch of money on Dansby. It wouldn't surprise. I mean, you know what? This is, and he hasn't played yet. He's he's going to play tonight. He's batting ninth tonight. Correct. Yep. Um, it reminds me a little bit of so in 2010, Hayward started the season at the big league club, hit that big home run in the first mm-hmm. game off Carlos Sombrano. Blah blah blah. That was an incredible moment. Might have been the height of his career. Um. But well, I think winning the World Series in 2016 was probably the highest. But. Yeah. Um, Freeman didn't get called up until late that year. And Freeman yep. played like 20, 30 games in 2010. I mean, he basically was just a September call-up. And this is is more or less what Vaughn Grissom is. Yep. Um, this, this could be a, kind of a Freddie Freeman situation to me where he gets a cup of coffee this year and then becomes basically a mainstay starting the very next year. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I expect him to be this. Uh, honestly, just based on like I've watched him play, I pro- I've watched maybe twenty games, um, and and they weren't full games or anything. It was like watching his abs, the, the clips and shit that they post. Yeah, um, the kid's legit. He can fucking field. Uh, he's fucking huge, by the way. Yeah, he's a, he's a six three two ten. Yeah, he. That's what I'm saying. He's like a he's an A Rod style shortstop body. Yeah. Big power. He's fat. He's faster than A Rod ever was. Yeah. Um. But good arm plays the position really well. I. I just. It's gonna be. <clears throat> the Braves infield is all of a sudden extremely cramped. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't imagine, especially not on the sweetheart team friendly deal they have. Uh, Albies isn't going anywhere. No. The only guy no. that isn't signed to a long term deal at this point. Is Swanson. Dansby Swanson like literally the other three guys are all signed to it at a minimum six more years? I think is Vaughn Grissom uh, athletic enough to play left field? That's a good question. I haven't seen him attempt that, but he's huge. Yeah, I mean, you he, would think he. I mean, he's got good speed. Yeah, clearly. I mean, if you can. I mean, in terms of just defensive uh, and look, infield and outfield are totally different things. Yeah, um, but I would just say in terms of. Uh, pure defensive instinct if you can play shortstop your your instinct on where to how to move around a baseball field is probably pretty good i mean jesus christ in 2019 we put austin riley in left field and look we love austin riley's defense Mm -hmm. but that probably shouldn't happen um and you know where uh, you can't put wilson or william Contreras in left field that's probably a bridge too far no and you don't want to use your backup catcher like that anyways like the the Honestly, the best thing that could happen for the Braves is that they have an everyday left fielder and they rotate Contreras between DH and catcher whenever he's spelling uh, Travis Darnot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the reading some uh, scouting reports from earlier in the season about Grissom, the Braves have mentioned using him in the outfield. So I don't know if, uh, I don't know if that's just, you know, spitballing or if it's something they've actually considered and tried to give him reps at. Yeah. Um, well, he does, uh, he is a righty. Yeah. Which is, you know, um, I know they uh, just brought over, uh, uh, what's his name from Detroit to kind of be the righty platoon. Grossman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, maybe Grissom sees some time there along with. It's possible. I mean, Eddie Rosario has been hitting pretty well. Well, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to well. take Rosario out of the lineup. No. Um, uh, his, he's he's uh, last fifteen days two sixty two. It's not great, you know what I mean. But it's fucking that. That's out of your out of that slot. That's good production. You know what I mean. Yeah, um, and again, as we've talked about like many times, there's certain uh, uh, value to a guy like Rosario being in your lineup because you can't just have all grinders who are kind of like overly intellectual in a, about in a bat. Sometimes you also need dudes in there that are just like kind of nutsack dudes. Yeah. And Rosario is definitely a fuck this. I'm swinging type of guy. Yeah. And frankly, despite the troubles he's had this year, Rosario still hitting 260 with runners in scoring position. So, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a value add. It, it's possible. You see him out there in left field a little bit. I mean, it's not going to be until somebody until Albies is back. Yes. Right. He's going to be the everyday second baseman for a while, I, I would imagine. Can you imagine, man, these fucking pitchers that are going to go up against him? Like, I know he was, he's only been at double A, but like 6'3, 210, fucking Vaughn Grissom walks into the box and the pitcher's like, you want me to throw him a fastball? 
Yeah. Like, uh, you want me, really? Do we have to test him? Can I, mean, I just when, pitch him like he's a guy? Yeah, he's hitting ninth, and it's, uh, you know, you got you got to imagine that um, that Michael Harris has benefited a lot, especially lately now that Acuna is swinging the bat again by having Acuna, Austin, or Acuna, Swansby, Swansby, uh, Swanson, uh, Riley, and, and Olsen all behind him. You yeah. know what I mean? But now it's like if this kid produces like we think he's going to produce – uh, you have Harris, and then Grissom, and then Acuna, and then Swanson, and then Riley, and then Olsen. Like, that's the middle of a lineup, not the end and beginning of one. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they're putting themselves in a pretty good position to win there, and it's a good thing because uh, next on the list is Marcelo Zuna, who's done jack shit. But he's he's always been streaky like this. His career might just be, like, dead. At the like, I don't know what the fuck else to expect out of Marcelo Zuna right now. He's got a 78 WRC plus, which, by the way, if you forget, 100 is average. Mm. You are a league average, no name hitter if you have a 100 WRC plus. He is 22 points below that. Yeah, and his on base percentage is 264, which is. So fucking bad that you shouldn't be on a major league roster. Yeah, I mean he's <clears throat> the last month. Um, he's hitting one fifty two. His on base percentage is one eighty three, and his slugging percentage is two fifty three. It's fucking awful. Yeah. Like I, I wrote, I wrote in the outline, his nineteen home runs might be his only nineteen hits. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I don't care. I don't care if he's probably going to end up being a twenty. Maybe even twenty-five homer guy. It it do, it's not worth the rest of the total <laughs> lack of production from there on out. No, I mean if he's your number eight or nine hitter, it is, and maybe that's what he should be. I don't know about moving Harris around right now because he seems like I like. Well, think about it this way too. So we're looking. Let's look at the lineup for the Braves tonight. Uh, it's Acuna, Swanson, Riley, Olson, Contreras, Rosario, Ozuna. Harris and Grissom. Harris and Grissom and Acuna are all 40 steal per season guys, mm-hmm. right? Which is a, not a common thing these days. No. It's not very common. Very 80s Cardinals. Um, Acuna and Harris are also 30 home run guys, at least based on their rate stats and, mm-hmm. and Acuna's history. Um, does Ozuna fit in anywhere here anymore? Now, right now, Travis Darno's hurt, so Contreras is going to pick up a lot of catching time. He's not going to be at DHing, so Ozuna is going to be in the DH slot more than he would be. But the word on the street is is that, um, <clears throat> that putting Darno on the DL was kind of a preventative thing, okay. just to give him rest and shit. Which this is a really good time of the year to give your catcher some 100%. fucking rest. Um, especially a guy that was injured a lot in the last couple of years. Uh, and by the way, a guy who the last couple of Octobers has been fantastic. Yeah, he's very. he shows up when it's time to show up. So, you know, giving him a spell right now, I don't think the Braves lose uh, uh, too much letting him hit right there because of how much Rosario is coming on. Um, it's kind of evening itself out because the left field has been a black hole for them this season. And now it's just going to be like maybe D. An average left field is... Great. Yeah. For us uh, at this yeah. point. So, you know, <clears throat> I think it'll all kind of work itself out, but it is, it you, is interesting because he's only got 
one year left on his contract next year. I don't know if they fucking try to trade him or DFA. And it seems untradeable. Uh, who would want between the domestic violence and the total lack of production? Like you can, you know, if it's a Deshaun Watson situation, you know, you can justify that shit. But like now, with a 78 WRC plus and choking your wife is not really a great combination. You can only do one. Yeah, you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Uh, do and- you think <clears throat> Ozuna... Uh, starts in October. I don't want to go so far as to say that he doesn't make the playoff roster, but it feels like he might not be seeing getting a lot of ABs. Because, I mean, if if this maintains, why wouldn't you just do do Darno and Contreras from DH to, to catcher? Uh, yeah, you could do that, or you could, you know, I mean, let's say Albies comes back, and but you don't necessarily want him out in the field. Grissom stays at second base, and mm-hmm. Albies is your DH. That's a, that's a very likely scenario as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's probably more likely than Grissom ending up in the outfield this season, especially in the playoffs. Like, you don't want a guy playing a new position in the playoffs. No, and I mean... But having him at second base and Albies getting Albies back, like, look, Albies' glove is okay. It's above average. It's above average, but it's not like the, just common sense would tell you that Grissom is probably going to be quite a bit better than him for a number of reasons. Yeah. One, he's his range factor is higher. He's a bigger guy. He's got a bigger arm. Can't hit the ball over him as easily. Yeah, so you don't lose much by, by shifting all these over to DH, and it also helps you to protect his lower body a little bit mm-hmm. as he's recovering from this shit. That's probably what's going to happen, which uh, leaves, you know, Ozuk because – Albies isn't going to be platooned no. at all. So that kind of leaves Ozuna as the odd man out because you're not – I would rather – frankly, this is my perspective. <clears throat> I would rather have uh, Grossman and Rosario uh, uh, platooning and left in the playoffs than Ozuna. Like, Ozuna's got the potential yeah. for the big play, for the big hit, uh, and stuff like that to drive the ball to the ballpark. But Rosario did that all postseason. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Grossman against uh, left-handed pitching is out of his mind. I don't know what his fucking deal is. I don't just stop switch hitting and figure out how to hit righties yeah. right-handed. Well, dude. We had talk about that he with... fucking destroys left-handed pitching. He hits like four hundred against left-handed pitching. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Um. So you know that that's what I, when I said at the uh, at the recap Monday and then earlier in the show, the Braves are in this point where. Uh, not terribly concerned. I don't think about winning the division. They're trying to figure out how they're going to fucking place all these assets over the next couple of months uh, into the playoffs. So I'm not, it doesn't concern me any of this stuff. It is super interesting to talk about though. I, you know, look, I think we unfortunately have bled two, two and a half games on our one number one wild card lead. Mm. So we're four up instead of, or I'm sorry, we're not four up on the second place wild card team. We're just four up in terms of in the playoff picture. Yeah. So we've bled <clears throat> a little bit of that. So we're not, look, we're not guaranteed. We're, we're, we should be good to go, but we're not. Mm-hmm. It's not a guarantee. So they need to keep winning, but I think right now, yeah, we're probably fine with kind of maintaining five five twenty five ball type of situation. Yep. Um, but I, I mean, do you think so? Do you think the scenario you just uh, talked about? Do you think that happens as soon as we can do it? Like pre October, like Albies is back, he starts DHing. Ozuna sees the bench. Well, that's been the game plan, right? So if you recall when. Uh even though it was a, an injury from last season when Acuna came up, the first two weeks he only DH'd. Then they let him play a game of outfield and then a DH game, and then he would take a day off and yeah. shit like that. So that's been kind of the uh, – <clears throat> I think that's kind of the thing in the National League right now. They still haven't transitioned to 
having a full-time DH. Which is weird. Like, well, what do we do with this? Yeah. What do we do so, with the DH? But, I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt to use it this way either. Um, what's the difference if you have, you know, a rotating DH or a rotating left fielder? Like, if, you're, if, right. you're, if your guy that's a good hitter is good enough to play the field, then put him in the fucking field. But if you got J.D. Martinez, put him in DH. It's fine. Right. Um, yeah, that's what I think will happen. I think Albies will immediately go to DH when he comes back and Grissom will stay at second base. But yeah. that's me counting on Grissom performing, which I think he will, just based on everything I've seen so far. I mean, and he doesn't, he doesn't need to do Michael Harris shit even. No, you know what I mean? He needs to be productive. If he hits 250, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the shitty side of things. Uh, however, the team is still being kept afloat. Like I said, we need to play like 500, 520 ball just to kind of, you know, stay comfortable and then maybe go on a little bit of a run in September just to kind of secure our spot. Mm-hmm. Whatever. The National League's not deep. Uh, behind, uh, so like St. Louis and Milwaukee are kind of flip-flopping between division and being just outside or just inside the wild card. Mm-hmm. But behind them, there's nobody. There's a, there's there's seven teams in the National League. Yeah. That, that are capable of making the playoffs, and there are six playoff spots. And the team that's going to be on the outside is probably the NL Central team, and they're, they're a fair, fair distance behind Atlanta. So we should be okay in terms of making the play. I'm not worried about that. It would take some 2011 bullshit for me to, for, for I think that to happen, yeah. for us to not make the, uh, <clears throat> the playoffs. However, keeping the Braves afloat, thank God. Uh, Austin Riley is... I, like I, I'm like out of shit to to say about him. He is f- obliterating the baseball. Yeah, I mean he doesn't. He, he just doesn't let up. It's uh, he's it's becoming so. One thing I was always worried about with Riley, just because it's so hard to replicate, like what Freddie Freeman did in terms mm-hmm. of just like sheer consistency, was like okay, Riley can hit the ball or whatever. He's not necessarily streaky, but is he going to be like? the everyday, every at-bat type of guy, the way Freeman was, the way Chipper was before yeah. that. And, uh, yeah, he, like he's turned into that guy, where it's every at-bat. You, it's not fucking easy. Every at-bat, he is a problem. Yeah, I mean, his July looks like a July from the steroid era, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, uh, 11 home runs, 25 RBI. He had 423 in July. 1344 OPS. Can't uh, really fuck around with that. His second half slugging percentage is 701, which is the type of shit like Barry Bonds has to put everything in yeah. his medicine cabinet straight into his dick to achieve yeah. a 701 slugging percentage. Like, fuck. He is going off right now. 208 WRC plus, which is literally double what an average hitter would be. Um, <clears throat> I mean, is there anything to even like critique about him at this point? I mean, like he's just, He's become the number three guy for the next 10 years, literally because we signed him and just be like, what, what else can he do at this point? Um, I mean, you know, the difference between good and great is consistency. Uh, You're seeing it out of him this year, for sure. He got off to a little bit of a slow start. I mean, you should expect to see for a guy, big, powerful guy like this, you should expect to see some months where he hits 265 or 270. Um, for sure. Like that's just kind of how baseball works these days. And maybe it's how it's actually those, those numbers would have been even lower back in the day. Yeah. Right. Like he would have had less strikeouts, but a shittier batting average, um, in his off months. Now it's like, 
his off months are 270, and his on months, he's hitting 400. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, his second kind half batting average is, what, that. 373 right now? Yeah. I mean, he, I just, it, it's so funny, too, because, like, again, with Freeman and with Chipper, like, it was the type of thing where it's like you knew those guys were that sort of, like, locked-in, intelligent hitter. But when Riley came up, he just seemed like... And it was fine for him to be this way because you need, you know, takes all kinds. Yeah. Uh, it, he just seemed like kind of a big doofus who when... Classic he, slugger kind ba- of guy. Yeah. yeah, when he barreled the ball, he was going to murder it. And now he looks like the type of guy that could win a batting title. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, he's got a really good approach. Um, sees the ball well. He's smart up there. And now it's like... Um, you know, you, you'll see a guy shorten up with two strikes and go the other way. Now he's doing it with runners in scoring position. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's the thing that really made Miguel Cabrera a great hitter. That's what took him from being an exceptionally talented young hitter to being one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. Is they're going to try to use the they're, they're going to try to um, throw a slider off the plate and then pitch me inside after that to jam me up so I can't get my arms extended. Well, fuck you, this guy in second base. I'm shooting that ball to the right side and getting my RBI. I don't give a fuck about home runs. Right. You know, with with when you're that talented as Riley is and as Cabrera is, you're still going to get your home runs. Always. You don't, you don't have to fucking worry about that shit. They're going to fuck up. They're going to hang pitches like that. Uh, uh, the Acuna home run the other day was just a fucking shitty hanger. Anybody could hit that out. You know what I mean? That stuff's just going to happen sometimes. Take the RBIs when they're available. That's what he's figured out. Like that's more important than 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 any other stuff that's going on. And it changes your approach as a hitter too. So now the pitcher isn't pitching to get you out. They're pitching to limit damage. There's a difference between yep. those two things. You know what I mean? And by the way, when a pitcher knows that you can do that, yeah. Miguel Cabrera shit or whatever, slap the ball the other way when you need to or whatever, that you have multiple ways to hurt them in yeah. your arsenal. They have to walk a finer line, which means they're more likely to fuck up, which yep. means they're more likely to hang something or throw you a mistake. Uh, because if nothing else, they're nervous or they, you know, they, they don't, they're, they're trying not to fail instead of trying to succeed. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, it's, there's a very famous example of this with Miguel Cabrera, fucking uh, the 2003 World Series. With right? Clemens? Yeah. yeah. Clemens comes up and Enum on, on the first pitch, and he's, what, 19 at the time? Yeah, he was a hot shot prospect, and yeah. Clemens was just like, fuck this guy. He, he I mean, buzzed you know. him up and in, and then he threw a fucking uh, pitch out over the plate, and he just drove it over the fence to right field. That's Honestly, of all the people, I've been thinking about this for a couple of months now, trying to compare Riley to a right-handed hitter I've seen before. I think Miguel Cabrera is the most... Not that he's necessarily going to accomplish everything Miguel Cabrera did. Yeah, not saying but, he's going to win a triple crown. But, and the, shit, but the body, they're both the same size, 6'3", 240, 250. Yep. Uh, the, the short, compact swing, the approach, the fact that their hips get moving first before their, uh, the bat comes through the zone and the bat spends a long time in the zone. Very similar hitters, and you should expect that when he you know, takes the same approach that, that Miguel Cabrera did, you're going to see similar results. I actually do agree with you. I think they do have a similar swing in that um, it's a quick swing, but it, like, always looks long and slow, yeah. even when it's not. Like, it just looks like it's, like, with Cabrera and with Riley, I'm always like, man, how did he, yeah. how did he touch that? Like, it just looked like he was going in slow motion, then he just gets to that ball. It's, Man, I, it's been a joy to watch him, and uh, obviously still great on defense, all that stuff. Hopefully, I don't know that he's like necessarily like a clubhouse dude yet, but he doesn't have to be either. 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, the Braves have a bunch of um, very excited Latin American players and a bunch of boring white dudes <laughs> on their team. I mean, I, I don't give a fuck who is keeping them focused and excited as long as it's happening. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason that uh, that uh, in, the, in the military you have a commander and you have a fucking first sergeant, right, in a company. The commander's job is to do whatever the fuck, get, give your fucking safety briefs, rah-rah speeches, and then do administrative shit on the back end, and your first sergeant's job is bullets and beans. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, make sure the players have what they need. So if a guy needs... <clears throat> if he needs to be reminded that, uh, you know, remember what Wash taught us the other day about backhanding the ball, for example. I could see Riley having that conversation with somebody. But if a dude's down in the dumps and having a fucking in a slump or something like that, I could see Ozzy Albies yeah. being like, hey, get your fucking shit together, dude. Just, yeah. It's baseball. We're having fun here. Come on. Um, you need you need all those types of personalities to win, and it's you know more, I think more than anything else that certainly they had a lot of talent, but those early two thousands Boston Red Sox teams that's what they had. They had really good leadership, but they had people that kept it loose as well. I think that's one thing the nineties uh, Braves were always lacking. Yeah, it was too much business. Yeah. It was only business. There was no one there having a good time. Yeah, you know, like it was it was too buttoned up, and, and like I do like the kind of combination of like you got snitker there and swanson yeah. and riley to kind of you know be professional when you need and albies to be professional when you need it but you also have you know like albies acuna and even even though he can't hit shit azuna yeah. and, and heredia. heredia who doesn't do anything <laughs> heredia is there defense, to swing the right? sword yeah. like he's not there he could never swing the bat again always he swings the sword and plays defense in the ninth inning that's fucking yeah. fine um the other dude who is hopefully finally finding his stroke, uh, and everyone's kind of fucked if he is, uh, Acuna. Are, are you seeing something different out of him? His August numbers, uh, granted, small sample size, take with a grain of salt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in August, hitting 400, 471 on base percentage, 567 slugging, 190 WRC+, and, man, some brilliant base running against the Red Sox last night, including one of the best home plate slides I've ever seen. That was really nice. I mean, he's done really well at um, – it's it's the approach. It's what I was talking about before when we discussed uh, – a couple of shows ago when we discussed the, his approach and how um, <clears throat> it seems like – it's almost a chicken and egg thing. It seems like when a guy's struggling, he's always – it's always o two or one two, right? Mm-hmm. And and it, it seems like he's always taking strikes and swinging at balls. Um, the most n- notable thing that jumps off the page of me looking at his stats right here is in July he had ninety six um, at bats, struck out twenty two times, and thirty at bats so far in August he's only struck out five times. That's a that's a significant dip. Yeah. And it's not that I care about strikeouts one way or another. He's going to strike out 150 times a year anyways, but it shows you that he, his approach has adjusted to the degree that when he gets good, he one, he's getting good pitches to hit because he's waiting for that pitch or he's ready for it. It's one of those two things. And the second thing is the timing is getting back to where it needs to be. So he's not missing that pitch when he gets it. Those, those are the most important three things about hitting. You could tell his timing has been fucked all year. Yeah. Uh, he's been off. And like, we've talked about it before. Like, he's 
never had an injury like this and Mm -hmm. it's probably the first time in his life that he hasn't essentially been able to rely on talent alone yeah which you can talk shit on that or whatever but he's like he's a fucking child yeah like he's He's 21 right he's like 21 22 i'm sorry 24 20 what he's 24 yeah already yep regardless i was was thinking of harris uh oh yeah yeah, he's 24 yeah he's He's still a baby. He's, you know, 25, 26. I'll start getting into like, all right, it's time to be a full grown up. Yeah. But still a little, <laughs> still a little bit of a kid. Uh, so you, you think that, do you think the timings, does it look like the timings back with him? Or at least maybe timing's not the right way to put it. Does it look like he's gained a level of patience? Because he, man, for months, it seemed like you're right. He was always behind in the count. But it was never because he was taking strikes because he was afraid to swing at it. It was because it was almost like he'd be swinging out of his shoes or just like, please mm. God, like I want that fucking home run. Like yeah. I want, I want to just smash this ball as quickly as possible. Like I want. He was trying to swing his way back into being Ronald Acuna Jr. Well, that um, in the sixth inning, that walk, that was a really good plate appearance for him. Um, like, yeah, he had three hits last night. But the walk is the thing that impressed me the most because Homeboy was trying to get him to swing at that slider. Like, Mm -hmm. really wanted him to swing at it. And he threw a couple of good close pitches. And uh, you can tell in the progression, like, a a smart pitcher and catcher will will notice this. But if a guy spits on a pitch, like, you're fucked. You've got to change your game plan even middle middle of the at-bat. So if I'm – if I threw – uh, like Dansby, you can do this. You can throw a low and inside fastball and brush him back a little bit, or maybe he swings and fouls it off if it's just off the plate. And then the low and away slider, you can you usually get him on that. Yeah. But if I throw that low and away slider and he spits on it, he doesn't offer at it at all. He just watches it go. Then I knew he was looking for it, which means he's on to the fucking game plan that I had. Now I've got to switch it up. i got to do something different, right? i got to throw my third pitch or whatever. Um it didn't happen with Acuna last night. He didn't. He wasn't reading the pitches. He was reacting to them, and he, like, there were three pitches in a row that were close pitches, and he fucking, he was right on it. You know, the same way that you see Riley take those pitches, and he kind of, like, does this, not a full, not not even a half swing, just does that. Like, all right, cool, I saw it about two-thirds of the way here. I knew I wasn't going to swing at that. Yeah, uh, It's a little more animated with Acuna because he's an animated dude. Yeah, But that that was the most... <clears throat> that was the most important plate appearance of the night for for me, just to, to see what uh, see the progression that he's on right now. I thought that was a really good plate appearance. So we'll see, right? I mean, once is uh, once is once, twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. So we'll see over the next couple of days if he's putting it together. But he's you know he's hitting four hundred in in August. It's hard yeah. to argue with that. Love to see it. You know what else I love? My bookie. If you love sports and you love making money and you answered yes to either of those questions, you know, if you love those things, then mybookie.com is the place for you. Not only does betting with mybookie.com make every game more exciting, but when you sign up using the promo code Drinking Bros, your first deposit is instantly doubled up to $1,000 with thousands of bets to make on all your favorite sports. There's no shortage of ways for you to win at mybookie.com. On top of having amazing lines and props, mybookie is also home to several exclusive contests and promotions that you can't find anywhere else. They also have an awesome live casino with like real dealers. It's not some sketchy electronic stuff. 
Highly recommend checking that out. I do it when I'm bored. Uh, get off the couch and get in the game with MyBookie.com and turn your love of sports into your new side hustle. Head to MyBookie today. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to get your first deposit instantly doubled up to $1,000 and start winning now. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Uh, one dude that I'm going to bet on forever, both for uh, strikeout overs and also just because I fucking love him, is goddamn Spencer Strider. That guy yeah. doesn't give a shit. You don't hear rookies talk shit very frequently, although when a guy, when, it, when his average fastball is 100 miles per hour, I guess he can say whatever he wants. Yeah. Unless you're Jordan Hicks and you can't locate. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was uh, after the Mets series, you know, he he said what, I mean, he's just repeating what, people and and on sports center and baseball tonight and the Braves broadcast Chip Carey is talking about it and it happened early in the season and that for those first couple of uh series when we ran into the Mets as well a lot of low exit velo hits now the Mets fan base wants to have me believe that that that's strategic getting jammed is not strategic asshole like playing small ball like some of the stuff they did was strategic for sure but but Hitting balls off the end of the bat and getting jammed, and, and they, those things becoming Dropping. hits. That's not strategic. That's good luck, and sometimes you need good luck to win. Maybe that, maybe this is their year, and that's the kind of thing that's going to continue happening. Uh, but Spencer Strider saying that they're getting a lot of luck offensively right now. Uh, that's not a crazy thing to say. No, I have the full I mean? quote from Strider just because I love it. Uh, <laughs> They seem to be having a, this is about the Mets. They seem to be having a lot of luck right now offensively. That's great. It's August. We'll see what things are like in October. This kid was pitching for Clemson a year ago, two years ago. Well, barely pitching for Clemson in his last year. Yeah, right. I mean, he's a fucking rookie (laughs) saying that I I cannot wait to watch him pitch in October. That dude is like all balls. Uh, Yeah, he definitely doesn't seem to be affected by the moment. Even so, he pitched in that game against the Mets. Um, I thought there were some bad calls and there were definitely some cheap hits. Um, that's going to happen was, sometimes. I'll say he was he was a little inefficient that game though. Yeah, he sure. was inefficient too. He wasted a bunch of pitches. Um, which you you know that's one of the things he's going to have to learn as he gets older. Is if a team is up there to make contact, then you have to pitch strategically to contact. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to strike out a bunch of fucking Aussie Smiths. You know what I mean? Like the, right. the Cardinals used to drive people crazy with that bullshit. Um, <clears throat> but as far as you know, the rest of this season goes uh, and the playoffs, it is going to be very exciting to see what happens when he faces off against somebody like DeGrom in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, like, we'll see. He, we, You don't see him get shook on the mound. He doesn't, like, w- one of the problems with Kyle Wright was supremely talented, but once he got challenged, he fucking lost his shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's not been the case for Strider. As a matter of fact, he gets better when things get worse. So, uh, you know, he he kind of enjoys it. He he kind of enjoys the <clears throat> the challenge. The yeah, I think he's kind of I, I think whatever. he's kind of a dick to be honest. Like I, I really do. Yeah, I, but he's our dick. Yeah, but, I don't think that I would want to hang out with him. To be honest. <laughs> I don't I don't get the vibe that I would want to hang out with this dude. But if he's going to win ball games for us, then I'm fine with it. I also I don't have the exact quote here, but I really enjoyed. People start the press start asking him like, "Well, uh, Spencer, you know, we trade for Odorizzi. Like, is it because you you know you have an innings limit? You never pitched this many innings or whatever." And he's like, "Yeah, I've been reading a lot about that. I'm glad there's so many uh, innings limit experts out there." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I'm fine. My arm feels fine. Like, I don't know. I yeah. mean, and look, if you watch Spencer Strider pitch, if you're 
listen to this podcast, you do because you're a praise fan. Fuck his arm. That guy's legs are yeah. insane. Yeah, he's not. <clears throat> he's not. You can you can tell not just like even if you uh, only saw his upper body in the video, you could tell that he's not generating power using his upper body. So I don't. I don't. I know think his that, torso is like one foot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's all leg. Yeah, it, he's he's got like in the same way that um, that uh, Michael Phelps has the perfect swimmer's body. I think this dude might have the best body for a power pitcher because everything is compact and he generates most of his power from his lower body, which is you know less prone to injury. Yeah, obviously for a pitcher, especially. Yeah, he, great pitching body, uh, man. I just I lo- I could listen to you talk about it. He's actually I haven't listened to it yet. But he's on the latest, uh, one of the latest Fangraphs podcasts, and apparently he uh, uh, Strider is also a big uh, sabermetrics geek, mm. like really, really dives into that shit. So I'm excited to listen to that, just to kind of, yeah, apparently gets into his sort of what numbers he values and stuff yeah. like that, which uh, will be exciting to hear. Yeah, it's exciting to see these, um, like Odorizzi coming over, what we need out of him in the playoffs is four solid innings in a game. Mm-hmm. Right, we need we need that. Not probably. necessarily at the start. Yeah, we'll see. What we 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 probably need that from him four times in the playoffs to to win the World Series. Which now to win the World Series, you there you need to win four series. Yep. Unless you get a bye, which we I don't think we will at this point. Seven. Well, games we'll out. see. I mean, I doubt it. I doubt it. But yeah, it's possible. Yeah, you need to win four series. But <clears throat> the good news is that whomever starting games for the Braves are going to be passing the ball off to the like far and away best bullpen in baseball. I, I don't, I don't know how you, well, we'll see how Kirby's back on the roster tonight yeah, as well. I believe. Yeah. We'll see how Kirby Yates performs if he's back to his old self, but if he is, there's no, there's no team that's even close to them bullpen wise. Um, Rizzo Iglesias came over and did exactly what we thought he would. And I think that actually helps Kenley Jansen quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, it takes a lot of pressure off of him. And then you have Matzik Benner, who have both pitched well. Mentor like an all-star this year, for sure. I mean, you've got... They have two bullpens, essentially. Yeah. They could pitch half their guys one night, half their guys the other night, and both mm-hmm. their fucking shut down. Especially if you get five out of your <laughs> starter. Yeah, it's this is this is a really interesting bullpen. Uh, especially everybody stays healthy. So let's say, you know, you're you're getting... Three innings, including a closer, out of out of each game from your bullpen. Uh, you flip flop Iglesias and Jansen uh, in the closer role, and then you have Dylan Lee, Matzik, AJ Mentor, all from the left side. And you have Kirby Yates and uh, 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 McHugh, McHugh, and uh, Jackson Stevens from the right side, all of whom have had extremely good. Season while well, Kirby Yates hasn't started yet, but the other two have had really good seasons for the Braves. It is kind of like you have two bullpens. I mean, it's kind of fucked up to be honest. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm not not mad about that at all. And then also, you got to think too. Uh, you'll have some combination of Odorizzi and Ian, maybe Ian Anderson, and uh, I don't know. You may it, even it, see a Noah up there. Yeah, Noah in there yeah. or something. Um, so yeah, not a bad bullpen situation. Nope. Don't fucking hate it. Uh, last but not least, I actually have a buddy in town today. Uh, I am an Atlanta Braves fan, but I am from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke, who is in town, grew up with me and uh, was one of the main people who uh, gave me shit constantly as a child for being... Dan, you want to hand him a mic? For being uh, an Atlanta Braves fan? 
my two favorite memories of this are one one time we were in your basement and i think we were actually like in eighth or ninth grade but we're like getting had like stolen liquor from a parent and steve matthias i was wearing a braves hat and steve matthias was like i will give you twenty dollars if you give me that braves hat and let me put it in the toilet and piss and shit on it and you and John Wright were like, let him do it. Do it. Fucking do it. And I was like, no, like out of principle, I'm not going to let you fucking do that. And then I think you guys were like, let's just like beat the shit out of him and take his hat and then do it anyway. <laughs> I was like threatening to run home, which was funny. And then the other time, uh, do you remember the 1996 NLCS? Uh, probably if you reminded me. Uh, it was when the Cardinals played the Braves. I was in fifth grade. You were in fourth grade. But you and every single other fucking person at Christ the King made my life a living fucking hell for a week and a half. Well, you deserved it. I mean, St. <laughs> Louis is a baseball town, obviously. We love our Cardinals. And, yeah. and, and you are probably, not probably, you are the biggest baseball nerd that I know, like by far. And for you to be a, a Braves fan amongst all of us was always just kind of a weird thing. Uh, I, you know, I'm a front-running bitch. Uh, essentially, like that's all it really was, like that and TBS. Like the Cardinals sucked, so it was boring for like third grade me to watch. And and then like you get to watch Greg Maddox instead. But dude, like I remember, like I fucking, I've never wanted to go anywhere less than to school for that like week and a half of the '96 NLCS. You should have worn a Javi Lopez jersey every single fucking day. Yeah, he fucking raked. Yeah, he had like five seventy in that series. I, <laughs> I ever walking into. Well, actually, another funny thing from that series, we did this to each other a lot, but from that series, every time the Cardinals won, you would fucking call me, and this is on, like, the house phone, and you'd be like, did you watch the game? Like, my parents would be like, Robbie, it's for you, and I'd get the phone, and be like, did you watch the game? And I'd fucking hang up immediately, and then when the Braves won, I'd do the same thing, and <laughs> you'd just be like, fuck you, and then hang up the phone. You know, I used, to, I used to really twist the screws on you for a while, whenever the Braves were so bad for so long, until... Uh, I could tell that it like really genuinely hurt, and then I just kind of laid off. Cause oh. I was like, all right, this is way too important, to dude. Him. I'm I, not even gonna do this anymore. You, I wanted to like commit a murder uh, after that NLDS or during the NLDS in 2019 when you guys scored 10 runs in the first inning. I was just like, I I went to dinner with friends. Like I left in like the third inning to go eat to like at a happy hour, and my wife. It was it was me, my wife, and another couple. And my and like you were texting me, and I remember you texting like halfway through the inning, and you just go, "Oh, dude, not like this." And I just like I felt genuinely bad for you. <laughs> I remember that. I put I, I put work happy hour, and I was like, "Yeah, my buddy's probably about to kill himself." Uh, I showed up to that dinner and didn't say a word for like ten minutes, and they were like, "Like literally, everyone was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what is what is like emotionally wrong with you right now?'" And I, I like, I was like, I don't want to tell you because you're just going to think I'm the dumbest person alive. And I told them and they were like, God, one of them played college baseball. And he was like, uh, calm down, man. Like, but yeah, that always, I always, I have fond memories of uh, you guys giving me like unlimited shit as a child. So for all the Tomahawk listeners, uh, he's earned his stripes. He's, he's been there and taken a lot of shit to be a Braves fan for a very long time. Appreciate it. Thank you. So I just wanted that validation line on it. That's all. Uh, that's all I got for today. You got anything else to talk about the Braves with? No. No? No. Well, we'll see what happens tonight. It should be a good game. Yeah, I'm excited to see Vaughn. Uh, we'll see you guys next fucking week.